Thank you for joining us. It's our mission to restore hope and make a positive difference in your life today. Remember to hit subscribe so you can be the first to know when we release new content. Let's go now to today's message. So if you'll open the Word of God to Habakkuk chapter 2, Habakkuk, whatever you want to call it. Uh, Listen, I know this is not a, we quote out of this book a lot, just one, actually one verse we quote all the time. But today and yesterday and the day before that, the Lord just kept pulling me to this chapter. And if you're not sure where it is, it is between Micah and Zephaniah. (laughs) And if you don't know where that is, it's on page 825 in my Bible. (laughs) Look, we just, look. Okay, Lord, help me find something. Oh, there it is. If you do not have it, if you don't have your Bibles, I love carrying a Bible. Most of us, not all of us, at different times type it in our phones so we don't have to know the books of the Bible. And I will be honest, I stand before you today, and my children can quote from Genesis all the way to Revelation in order. I cannot. I get tongue twisted about right in here. So let us read the word of God together. It is on the screen behind me. 2 verse 4 says, Behold the proud, his soul is not upright in him. Who's reading? But what? Shall what? The who shall? Shall live by what? The just. His soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. Father, in the name of Jesus, as we come before you in this hour, God, Lord, I pray that my heart would speak out of the abundance of the throne room of heaven, that we would leave here encouraged and challenged and growing into the fullness of what you have set before us this week. We hold fast to what has already been released into our hands. We are not casting away our confidence in this moment, but the just shall live by faith and by faith alone. So Father, I put my confidence and my trust in you in this hour that I'm here for an appointment. I am preaching the good news of Jesus Christ to these incredible people that you have set here today. It's in Jesus name we pray. God bless you as you are seated in this moment. So what's awesome is that we often quote the the verses right above this write the vision make it plain though it tarries wait for it it will not tarry Uh, but we miss a very 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 crucial part of this whole chapter And, and and if we understood what habit Habakkuk, that's the way I say it, Habakkuk, Aaron and I have this argument, and depending on what translation teaches you what, Hebrew, whatever, Habakkuk is the way that most of us know it. He, he lived in some very turbulent times. I would suppose that these turbulent times would be very comparable to what you and I are living in today. And here God speaks to a prophet. He is ministering during the death 
throws or the way that you could look at it, the final stages of the great nation of Judah. Although repeatedly called to repentance, the nation stubbornly refused to change her sinful ways. Habakkuk, knowing the hard-heartedness of his countrymen, asked God this question. How long will this intolerable condition last? Has anybody ever just asked God, how can you allow this to continue to happen? How long will you be long-suffering and patient with your nations, oh God? And this is where this prophet found himself. God replied that the Babylonians will be his chastening rod upon this nation. The announcement that sent the prophet to his knees. Now, I know there are a multitude of prophecies being released from different voices in America. And because we find ourselves almost wavering between two opinions, we see something in the natural realm. We hear things with our carnality and we hear the preacher we so desperately want the word of God to be so, but yet we find ourselves bouncing to and fro with every wind of doctrine. We've got prophets prophesying doom on America. I had a nice argument pop up on my Instagram this weekend as I I wept unto the Lord all my years of voting when I hit the button to send my vote and cast my ballot. I stood there and wept as I felt the weight or shall I say the burden that's set up on this great nation and not just you as laymen but as a voice and a mouthpiece of God we can open up Habakkuk and it opens like this Habakkuk the prophet saw the burden and and he began to inquire of the Lord how long will you let this evil continue how long before you put your foot down because you are God Almighty seated on the throne you refuse to put your eye on evil so I know that your cursing is about to hit this nation how long oh God but an argument appeared I didn't say who I voted for I just said I believe at such a time as this there is a far greater weight than when I first believed when I first voted with the responsibility that we have to determine what the future generations look like in a nation was so heavy set upon us and you know someone began to cry out and said if it's not Trump America ends and I said where's that scripture I know right there messes with half of you in the room But who shall what? The just shall live by. So as I stand before you today, I pose the question, who are you and what are we living by today? Because here's what I can tell you, is that as the nation gets rockier and rockier, your faith will either grow weaker or it will grow stronger, depending upon you deciding who you are and what you live by. The Babylonians, the Lord replied as in chapter 1, he says it like this, the burden which the prophet Habakkuk saw. 
Oh, Lord, how long shall I cry and you not hear? Has anybody ever felt like you have wept out to God and he's not answered you? Even cry out to you, violence, and you will not save. Why do you show me the iniquity and cause me to see this trouble? Does anybody feel like that in this hour? Go ahead and turn up these lights. You know I don't like preaching in the dark. Why, oh God? And you're allowing us to see it, and we're crying out to you, but what are you going to do about it? And I'm telling you, instead of falling to our knees and crying out to God, but some of us don't like the response that God gave in this very chapter. He goes on to say, oh, I'm about to turn you over to Babylon. Because they have refused my law and my covenants, they have completely turned their back on me. And I'm telling you, I'm about ready to give them everything they've been crying out for. (laughs) And I imagine as a prophet of God like Habakkuk, I I bet he was sitting there going, well, what about me? What about the ten righteous, oh God? So he went a little deeper. He did not like the response that God gave him. You're about to be turned over. It's about to get, oh, you thought this was bad? Ooh, hold on. Read your word. So we move into chapter 2, and we see where he decides to go even a little bit deeper with God. And here's what I can tell you. When God drops a bomb in your spirit, you'll, you'll do one of two things. You will run from God, or you will run to God. And here we find the prophet, he said, I will stand my watch. There are some of you that God has called to set as the watchman on the wall. And all the while, we're busy watching the other the watchers because we don't think they're doing their job but instead of pressing in a little bit deeper we think we know everything that God's already going to do how he's going to do it who he's going to do it with but he said I will set my watch upon the rampart (laughs) which meant he said I'm about to go even deeper To dig into what you are saying in this hour. Because surely you will not allow your humble servant to fall away with them. I'm not being drunk with wine. I'm not laying around. I'm not doing all the evil things that they are doing. And this is where God says, pick up the tablets, write the vision, make it plain. Though it tarries, this is for a future appointed time. It will come to pass. You just wait for it. But here's what I can tell you. The proud, what does it say? The proud, his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. And that is about the promise that Habakkuk needed. We move on into it and he begins to talk about how people have loved pleasures more than they've loved God. They had, we are under the reign of of the, the son of Josiah in a generation that left God and began to follow the idols of their ancestors. Hmm. 
under Jerichoam, son of Josiah. He, instead of imitating the deity and the pity of his father, he followed evil practices. And he allowed anything and everything to come in and rule and speak in place of the voice piece and the mouthpiece of God. Would you say these were turbulent times he was living in? Would you say, oh, I see where we are. When you don't understand what God is doing, can you still trust that he is God? Mm. Here, Habakkuk releases a clarion cry unto heaven, which meant that he began to make a strong request. Today, my sister-in-law is walking around Washington, D.C., waving an appeal to heaven flag all over the place. And instead of worrying and talking about each other and about what party is doing what, when is the last time that you begin to stand on the side of righteousness? And release the clarion cry, not for your agenda, not for your bank account, but for the future generations that are standing under the principles and the glory of God. Oh, the burden which he saw. He and his subjects abandoned themselves to every sort of profaneness towards God. Violence had entered the land. Oppression had entered the land. Deceit, dishonesty, perversion of every kind, sensuality, and debauchery. And this caused the prophet to see the burden. Has anybody seen or felt the burden of the Lord? You know, we don't like feeling burdens. Because it was... The burden of my soul rolled away. So if we feel any burden or see any burden, oh God, I, mm, I, can't, I can't deal with that. It was there by faith. I received my sight and now I am happy all the day. Is everybody happy all the day? <laughs> and I will tell you when you allow the burdens of your carnality to roll off of you, God will trust you with the spiritual burden to hit your knees like this prophet and cry out on behalf of a nation, to cry out on behalf of your families, to cry out on behalf of your future generations that will bear your name. See, those burdens rolling off of your soul are not just so you can live happy in whatever circumstance you want to live in. It is so you can walk confidently in the joy of the Lord, being your strength, knowing that he has already moved on your behalf, even though we don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. And yet I see war on every hand. A nation is rising against nation. Church members rising it up against church member. Or church member rising it up against the shepherds. And I'm telling you, if there was ever an hour where the divisiveness of hell is running rampant, we are seeing it today. Why? Because he does not want you to be just morally doing what's right. He doesn't want you to be 
just uh, walking in the character traits of the kingdom of heaven. And he sure don't want you living by any kind of faith. He wants to keep you disrupted. He wants to keep you in your emotional state. He wants to keep you so bound in your addiction that you would never be happy all the days of your life. Because you got to rely on some outside source to make you happy until you get back up, you lay back down. I got to have something else to fill me when Jesus is saying what I died for should be enough. The just shall live by faith. Faith is complete trust. Say complete. Or confidence in someone or something. It is a strong belief in God or in the doctrines of religion. That's some of y'all's problem right there. Based on spiritual apprehensions rather than proof. If you're living on more, if you know what not to do more than what you can do, you've missed it. If you know more about the things that might get you in trouble more than you know about the healing power of God, more than the deliverance from addiction, you have to know what your faith is and what it stands for. If there was ever an hour that I can see the trying of your faith, and you may say, well, I have faith, I'm here today. No, 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 I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about when you stand flat-footed with the enemy. What is your faith and what is your grounding in an hour where the wind is blowing, in an hour where double-mindedness is having its perfect work, even in the church? What is it that we believe and that we stand on in faith? The first response from God caused him to move a little deeper. He had to get away and incline his ear to hear what the Spirit of God would say. The righteous shall live by faith. And as he was writing this, he was just echoing a timeless truth first modeled in Abraham's life. It was accounted unto him. As righteousness, he believed. Abraham had faith. What is it in our spiritual bank account that could be accounted to our household today? I knew this wasn't going to be a shouting word, and that's all right. I'm not intimidated. But I can tell you that the truth of the matter is our grounding in faith has been pretty shallow. We've preached a gospel that, you know, well, you just the entry level and you don't teach me or tell me that I need to go deeper. Because faith in the entry level has not anything that you can work for. You cannot, you cannot make yourself righteous. I want you to hear me today. You cannot have and muster up enough faith. But faith comes how? And hearing what? By the word of God. This is why the early church was so successful in an abundance of harvest. They did not preach, oh, I feel this. Let me give you my theological explanation. That has went so far left. It ain't got nothing to do with the basis of the word. And so the harvest has been tapped off because we're preaching everything but the good news of Jesus Christ in America. 
So if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, most of us preach the faith to be saved. Amen. Who would say, I heard the word and I had the faith to respond. Who would raise your hand and say, I'm saved because I heard the word. If you didn't raise your hand, you probably ain't saved. That's all right. The day ain't over. But here's what I can tell you. The word of God is true concerning the good news of Jesus Christ. That he came to earth. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us. He came and he lived and he breathed and he died and he shed blood. He was buried in a tomb and he resurrected. And he came so that you and I could have life. And not just living a simplistic life. But having it more abundantly. And the way that you enter into faith is hearing the word of God and what Jesus did for you but say there's more there's always more in him his desire is that we enter a point and then we grow into the fullness of who he is and what he's doing in this hour faith is not faith and here's what the Lord told me today often we just want the simplistic faith and the simple faith and that's good for a certain point but I'm telling you there will come a day that you will need to know what this word says how it says it how many times it says it because faith is a trusting point that yes I can trust him to save me but I don't think I know enough about healing to trust that I can trust him to save me but I I like my substance so I just you know I don't think that I trust him enough to deliver me from what the doctor prescribed and you pull out every, every excuse to prove you can do this Accept the word of God. Having the faith to believe that you're saved is amazing. That right there is amazing. But here's what I can tell you. When he saved you, he healed you. And when he healed you, he delivered you. He sent his what? His word. And healed them of all of their diseases. Having faith in God is what he told his disciples. And and I would just say today, as, as I was preparing for this word, I'm way off my notes by now. But in the book of Luke, the apostles and the disciples said, Lord, help us increase our faith. My charge and my commission to the church today, you can keep this level of faith. And I pray that you don't ever fall away from the faith in God because it is amazing and you don't have to have much. Actually, the word of God says in the book of Mark that if I have faith the size of a mustard seed, it has the ability to move mountains of impossibility. But I'm here to tell you that those of us that have been in this thing for a little bit of time it is time that the church begin to cry out and fall on our knees and say I will stand my watch I will get on the ramparts because I see it I hear it I feel the burden God I know that if something doesn't get a hold here what we're headed for I believe that God released that word to Habakkuk The just shall live by faith. Doing what's morally right based solely 
on the word of God alone. And faith untried, everybody say faith untried, is faith denied. (laughs) See, faith isn't faith until you have to stand for it. See, the early church, they had to hold fast to what they had. Jude 3 says it like this, contend earnestly for the faith. But I am so determined in this hour that we are raising a generation who would say contend earnestly for what makes you feel good. If the word on Sunday doesn't suit our fancy, we'll go Google one that exactly what we need and we'll feed our flesh instead of nourishing our spirit on Monday. Faith that is not tried is actually faith that is denied. You better hear me today. The Lord spoke that so strong in my spirit. It's kind of like authority isn't authority until it's used. You know what I'm saying? It's not authority until you stand toe-to-toe with somebody that disagrees with the authority at hand. Your growth system in God will not be easy. And here's what I can tell you standing here today, that my life without him, without having faith in him, without trusting in him alone, there would be no hope for me. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. And I'm telling you, a wise man will build his house upon the rock. The foolish will build it upon sand. Something that has no ground to be able to withhold the winds and the waves that are coming in the sour. But the just, not those who do all the right things, but those who contend for the morality and the character of this word of God that is so rich and so pure. Because you see what he actually said to the Lord, how are you going to turn your nation over to the Babylonians? You cannot even put your eyes upon evil, God. And I wonder if the Lord would just say, thou sayest it. It's evil before I turn it over. I already cannot put my eyes up on it, and that is why what is about to be unleashed will happen. See, some of you don't like this word, and I'll tell you why. Because you're more comfortable running to a substance than you are to your prayer closet. We leave marriages because, well, they just don't feel the void that I need. You're right. I love my husband. Listen, you will never find uh, someone who loves their spouse more than me. I I contend, and don't you think I don't hold fast to what I got? I'm not ignorant, and I know a good thing when I have it, but here's what I can tell you. I tried to make him my gap filler, and that almost crumbled. Whatever you're putting your solid trust and your faith to, other than him and him alone, 
you will be left empty and wanting. And I don't care what happens in Washington in a few weeks, you will still not be happy. Because God and God alone has to be our source. And that faith in Him alone is the only thing that will keep us even until the end of this age. And so we need to know that our faith will be tried. That sounds fun, doesn't it? You know, as I was studying this semester in, in my college, I absolutely hated it this semester, and I'll tell you why. Because it fed my knowledge and not my spirit. However, I know why God had me do it. It was about the early church and after Jesus and after the disciples and John on the Isle of Patmos and what happened after that. And I can tell you that a church rose up strong in the faith and they were contended against very, very fiercely. And they they had to stand and hold fast to what they had known to be the truth they had to contend that's where the apologetics came into place because as they were training the laymen they said we want you to know in what you believe and and we want you to study these things here is the belief system that Jesus preached on earth here's the belief system that Peter got up and preached about here's what Peter and James and John here is what they believed and what they stood on this gospel is the the good news of Jesus Christ and regardless if you're hung upside down on a cross or if you're boiled in a pot of hot cool hot oil it don't matter because you've got something far greater on the other side of glory that will never be able to be taken from you as long as you hold to it they were persecuted they were pressed on every side but not destroyed and I'm telling you, one wrong comment on Facebook, delete. Constantine came on the scene. An emperor, praise God, who professed Christianity but wasn't totally sold out. You know what I mean? And he began to make it illegal to persecute the Christians. Sounds amazing, right? But it was in that moment that the, the, that the decline of the church began to crumble. They no longer had to fight for what they believed. They no longer had to hold fast to the faith of God concerning what Jesus had spoken and what he lived for and what he died for. They no longer had to really live it out. It just, well, praise God, we, we're not going to have to answer any longer for well, well, what is it that you do believe. Hellenism wasn't, wasn't really Aaronism, all of these things. We don't have to fight against it anymore. We just, praise God, we're going to go live happy hunky-dory. And there was a group of people that didn't like this. They, they thought literally, my God, you've been sitting here, the devil, to weaken the church. And I don't know what side I believe on that. And this is where monks and nuns came into place. Because they knew that God desired a deeper call and a deeper vow and a deeper separation. And I'm telling you, church, 
God is calling his bride deeper that we are not tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine that is thrown our way, with every prophetic voice. Here's what I can tell you today, and I believe it to be so with everything in me. I do not believe that God is yet finished with America because I have yet to see the harvest of souls that have been promised not only to this community, but to your families, to those that are around you. We have yet to see the fullness of the unleashed of the harvest of God. We've seen a lot of other things unleashed in this hour, but I am believing that God Almighty is about to step upon the scenes and whether Washington falls to the left or whether Washington falls to the right, the church is moving on up into kingdom principles. He is calling the church up into the spirit so we will not walk according to the flesh. He's saying, rise up, my bride, rise up in the faith. Rise up in the faith. Contend and hold fast. Well, I just can't live perfect. I don't think he's asked anybody to. Good news, neither have I. But here's what I can tell you is that I am living in a day where I know that there is no such thing as easy Christianity. And I felt and saw the burden of the Lord today. Because you know the purpose of church, we think it's to come and holler and we get our 50th breakthrough. And and, and, and you know what I'm saying, over the same thing. I've been delivered like, oh, a hundred times from that. Thank you, Jesus. There's 101 for you that I believe will be the final. Woo! I don't condemn you for that. I rejoice with you. I believe that sometimes it's, it's not the first, sometimes it's not the second. And thank God that's where grace and mercy step in a place. Amen? And we as people of God can't judge that. But here's what I can tell you. Those that have been, oh, I've been in the faith for a long time. Mm-hmm. Then you probably who I would love to talk to today. Because God is requiring his bride to rise up to maturity in the faith. Because those that are coming down for their 101 breakthrough from the same addiction that they had when they got saved is ready for a mature Christian to come take their hand and say, hey, let me walk you through this process. Let me show you what faith looks like to break this. It's trusting in something else besides this source. Pain, grab a youth. Clint, grab your wife. Turn around, both of you. Face, put her in front of you. This is salvation in Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Now, Keely, do you trust that word? I want you to fall back into it. Fall back into it. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do you trust that word? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Do you trust that? So fall into that word. Oh, see, I don't know if I trust. I don't know. I'm not sure. (laughs) So Keely comes and gets saved a second time. 
Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Keely, do you believe that word? So fall into that word. Oh, that was easier that time. Third time's a charm. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for salvation. Now I want you to meet healing. Just stay put. This is healing by the stripes of Jesus. Cancer diagnosis. Ooh. See, she's already moved from the level of faith to salvation. Now I got to trust him at a different place than I trusted him last year. Some of us believe instantly that when we're saved, I can automatically claim my healing. And what does that look like? Falling into the salvation was done before the cross of Calvary. What does that look like? Do you believe that he's here for you? Do you believe that he's here for you? That when you release, he'll catch you. So I believe, but then there are some of us that we're fully acquainted with salvation, and I pray that you are today. But I've not gotten to know him as a healer just yet. This is an area I've never, remember, faith untried is faith denied. Who has never had to trust him as a healer yet in your life? Anybody? Nobody? You've never had to trust him as a healer. Thank you, that baby right there. Thank God, because your mom and daddy trust for you. But when you trust him as a healer and you take it aside from the salvation and you treat it as a completely separate entity, and you might have to dig a little deeper in the words to find out what the word of God says him as a healer is. There's a little bit of a hesitation in falling into the word that he sent his word and he healed them of all of their disease. No, but that diagnosis said. So what does that look like? Oh, see, she, I didn't even tell her. You need to get intimate about face. What do you say about healing? Ooh. Ooh, what do you say that you will do for me in this time of trouble and in this time of need? And, and how can you show me deeper that you're here for me? I know you're my Savior, but show me now that you're my healer. And once you get to a place of intimacy with him on this level, you might have a different diagnosis hit your house. But I've trusted him here. And I know him as that. And so I fall into him a little easier on this. You know why? Because tribulation works patience. 
And patience brings about experience. And that experience that he has already showed me one time, two times, three times, who he is concerning healing, I already am, oh, I know the word in this. I trust you, Lord. Woo! I fall back into the healing arms of Jesus. But what do we do when money trouble comes? What do we do when I don't trust him to find my mate? Relationally, I got problems. See, we begin to to treat Jesus based on what it feels like in this hour emotionally. But I'm telling you, if you will lean on the everlasting arms of Jesus, although... All the weight of the world is pressing against me. And right now, if one thing slipped, I would fall and hurt something in my natural body. But when I trust on the everlasting arm of the Lord, I can bear burdens that I normally couldn't bear. I can see things that I normally couldn't see. I step into a faith realm because of my faith has been tried on a different level than it was last week. Your faith will be tried. Thank you. We're moving. Faith to faith and the just shall live by faith. Hebrews 12 to the author and the finisher of our faith. Faith comes by hearing and by the word of God. We must increase our hearing by the word of God. If you don't know him as Jehovah Jireh. Oh, I'm not Aaron Crabb. He's my provider. Listen, if you have found your place in a time of trusting him in that area and you've never had to trust him for finances before, go ahead and begin singing that song over your bank account. Remind your money who your God is. Remind your job that you are not my source. My faith is in God alone. He is the author and the finisher of my faith. And when I walk in a doctor's office and I get a diagnosis that tells me you've got lupus and you will dry up and you will die from this condition if you don't take this prescription. I trust him as my healer today. I respect you man of God. I'll call you that but I trust the word beyond a diagnosis when the enemy has come and taunted my marriage and told me that he was coming and sifting it like wheat I thank God that he is sitting at the right hand and he's praying for me that my faith would not fail. The enemy's goal is to take your faith today. But my heart and my prayer is that we as a church in Ephesians 4 would be equipped for the purpose of ministry because regardless of what happens in this nation, we are getting ready to find ourselves in the coming hours, in the coming days beyond turbulence. And, and I'm telling you, when you get on the aircraft, you touch, you, you trust the pilot, right? When you get in your vehicle, you put more trust in that sometimes than we do the driver, right? I'm telling you, God is settling some accounts 
in this place. And in a day and an hour where we are being tried, where we are being sifted. Here's what I can tell you in Hebrews and the 10th chapter. Yet for a little while, he who is coming will come and he will not tarry. Sounds familiar. Now the just shall live by faith. If anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. It is not time for you, child of God, to withdraw your faith in this hour, regardless of your voting and casting of a ballot. It is not time Time to withdraw yourself from the movement of the kingdom of God. But we are not those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. It is not time for the church to coward backwards. Hide it under a bushel. And we know the word of God in Joel 2, 16. We've been in a closet space and praise God for closet prayers and closet interseers and intercessors. That is necessary. But there's coming a day that you're being called up out of the closet. <laughs> Occupy until I come. Do the works that you've seen me do because I've done what my father does. Follow in my footsteps. So if faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, then I can tell you it matters what you listen to in this hour. If you're listening to the news source of this nation and this culture more than you're hearing the word of God and you will watch Fox News or CNN News or M, uh, whatever, whatever. NBC, whatever news source you choose, if you listen to that eight hours but you can't give God to, you're complaining and mad about the sound in the, in the sanctuary, but you'll crank up the news. Why? Because your care is about this world and you're not moved past on into faith, knowing that I'm moving from faith into faith. As Romans 1 tells me, I'm going from glory on into glory. I serve the living Christ and of this kingdom. Kingdom, it shall not be shaken. There's some things we got to do. The just. What does it mean to be righteous? Uh, you later write down Psalms 15. There are 11 things that are amazing and tell us what it means to live just and to live righteous. And some of you will need to meditate on that. I've had to meditate on it. And let me tell you, when the word of God is preached from this platform, I can promise you that it's first been taken in and preached and, and assessed and, and stripped down before we ever get up here and then the word of the Lord was given to me out of John and he began talking about uh, the what it's not what goes in it is what comes out that defiles a person and I'm telling you in this hour whatever is in you will come out of you and it is a time for the church to rise up bold and courageous for the kingdom and advancement of the harvest that is yet to come well, she just ain't preaching me very happy today. Good. I pray that when you leave here that you get a burden. That you get a burden for your children again. 
That you get a burden for a sanctified marriage again. And that you would begin to shut out the filth of this world that brings you happiness for a moment but leaves hours of torment after. It is my prayer that the conviction power of God would lay a burden on you that the pill would not satisfy. That the bottle would have to be dumped and thrown out. That you would not feel comfortable rolling up a joint any longer. But you would have to say, oh God, how do I be delivered? How do I find your peace in an hour of torment? What do I do to be solely saved? Ooh, so you can be fleshly saved and not be solely saved. Uh, you cannot earn faith. You've got to grow in faith. Say, I want to grow, God. I want to grow, God. So we see in back in Habakkuk. He says, woe to the wicked, and it goes on all through chapter 2. This is what the prophet of God was writing and making it plain that it was coming for an appointed time. And we shout at that verse, and it is for you. Write the vision, make it plain. And I'm telling you, we're living in an hour where it is crucial that you begin to write down what God is saying. Go in a secret place, put your face, say, I will stand my watch and I will sit on the rampart and wait. And he said, and watch to see what he will say to me. You need to have the determination that not just throwing out your complaints to God, but waiting on his response. But the prophet's prayer in chapter three, you can come to the keys says, a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet, on Shiganoth. Sounds like a fun word, doesn't it? Shiganoth. See, here's the thing about Habakkuk. He was a, he was a poet, didn't know it. <laughs> he was a psalmstress, it's true. I hear my brother Seller somewhere. He wasn't waiting to hear what God said to speak to the people. He was waiting to hear what God said concerning him. And it gets easy as in this hour to look at everybody else and push them aside or cast them out. Pray for them. But what is God saying to you? Because I'm telling you, whatever he's saying to you, he wants to say it to others, good and bad. On Shiganoth, which is translated the song of victory, Selena. <laughs> you see, when you feel the burden of the Lord and... You weigh it out. You go set yourself before him and see what he says. There comes a point that you don't go wallow in the defeat that's been shown. Hear me. Why aren't you biting your nails? What's coming up? Because I don't have to. How can you love that? Because the Lord told me to love them. My God, 
Love your enemies. Now that's when you know you're really saved and have faith. When you can love your enemies. When you can turn the other cheek. When they're stripping you down and you give them your cloak too. Not turning around slapping them with the lawsuit just because they looked at you wrong. Do you really want to know what it means to be Christ-like? Taking 39 stripes for people who will rebuke you to your face. Who will discredit that you ever healed them? Loving your enemies is taking the nails in your hands and in your feet for people who will never love you back. Who will call you arrogant and prideful and that you're full of the devil. The key to Christianity is walking in abundant humility. The proud can't stand upright. Now don't get me twisted. You've got to have confidence. Knowing in whom you believe. Stand to your feet. But the moment that we ever begin to think that we've prayed enough, that we've read enough, that we've sung enough, the moment we get to the place that, oh, well, I did this and I did that, I can promise you in the early church, they never laid claim to healing one person. They believed. And they preached what they believed. And the miracle signs and wonders manifested out of that. People heard the word of faith. And they believed. But here in chapter 3, he's on Shiganoff, releasing a song of victory. There comes a place when you've sought the Lord, you've turned to his face, and you're saying, tell me who you are and what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. And he begins to prophesy again a word unto him, saying there will be like an exodus of Moses, a leading the people out. There will be a deliverance, a bondage. You're going to have to go through some things. But I'm telling you, the just shall live by faith and by faith alone and you have to trust the process Habakkuk could you release a song of victory knowing you're getting ready to walk into bondage (laughs) Lord I have heard your speech and I was afraid oh Lord Revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known. In wrath, remember mercy. And that is my prayer today, that as we lift up our hands, that while we see a nation in turmoil, we see churches divided and splitting down the middle. We see races that are being told you don't worship together. The devil is a lie. Genders, you're a woman you're not supposed to preach. My prayer today is that a people will look up from which cometh their help, that the redemption is drawing nigh. And we begin to cry out and say, God, revive the work. Strengthen what remains, oh God. In the midst of the years, it doesn't matter what the next few years look like. What matters is that where are you putting your trust and your faith in it? 
It doesn't matter who is the leader of this nation in the next few years. When you say, well, Pastor Man, that's easy for you to say. I'm telling you of this kingdom, there shall be no end. And this is what he was telling Habakkuk. And Habakkuk made the choice. Okay, okay, okay. So if troubled times are coming in the next few years, revive your work in the midst of those years. Who would agree with me in that today? Come on, strengthen what's left. The gospel of Jesus Christ to the utter ends of this earth. Revive the faith again to believe that you are and that you are completing every promise that has been released. Revive your work for the midst of the years and in the midst of the years. Make it known and then this in wrath. Remember mercy, O oh God. Ooh, when trouble hits, remember that you are merciful, you are loving, you are kind. And the song of victory proceeds down in verse 17. Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor the fruit of the vines, though the labor of the olive may fall and the fields yield no fruit, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in my God of my salvation. The Lord God is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet and he will make me walk on the high hills. I'm telling you, when you put your trust in Him alone, He will sod you with such gospel that you can walk in places that normal people can walk into. Lift up your hands and close your eyes in this place. What are you saying, Pastor Amanda, with every eye closed? The culture of this nation should never drive the believers. <laughs> the sickness and the diagnosis that is released to you and your family should never drive a believer. Deception and the voices of the lies of the enemy should never drive a believer. The love of money or any money should ever drive a believer. Addiction should never be the driving force of a believer. Have faith in God today. Faith that he is able to save you, that he's able to heal you, that he is able to keep a disrupted nation that is in turmoil and divided. Put your faith in God and in God alone. He who is seated on the throne that sits high but looks low. Put your faith in God and the just shall live by faith. Hold fast to what we say that we know and we believe. We cannot be tossed to and fro. Let him ask in faith. If you lack wisdom, ask in faith with no doubting. Because I'm telling you, if faith comes by hearing, doubt enters the ear gates as well. Who would under the sound of my voice say, number one, I've never received Jesus 
as the Lord of my life in faith. And I, I want to receive him in the fullness of who he is today. And if that's you, would you lift up your hands? I want to receive Jesus. Thank you. Is there anyone else? Under the sound of my voice, I, I want to receive Jesus and who he is. Now, who under the sound of my voice would say, I, I trust him as my savior, but I'll be honest, I, I struggle to believe that he still heals today because, you know, that, that supposedly goes out with the early church. No, faith went out with the early church. Holding fast to something went out with the early church, not the healer, not the deliverer, not the way maker. Is there anybody that would say like the, like the disciples in Luke 17, increase our faith, oh God. If that's you, would you just lift up your hands? Increase our faith. Increase our faith. Help me to believe who you are. Help me to walk in faith knowing without wavering. Thank you for the hands all over this room. Come on, in a day and in an hour where many voices are speaking and false prophets are rising and we don't know who to listen to and who's telling the truth, I'm telling you if it is contrary to the word of God, if it says it is no and it goes against the yes of God, if it says it's yes and it goes against the no of God I'm telling you you better run oh so what about women preachers that's a no in God no it's not it's a teaching of Paul to Timothy at Ephesus that women who had no authority to come in and speak yet See, if you'd study, that word means not yet. It means I want you to take the time and open your hearing and listen before you speak. That would do some of you really good. When we take the time to sit and hear the word of God. Just lift up your hands. I love you. Increase our faith, God. Increase our faith, God. Increase our faith in, a, in an hour where, where I know all of the, the, the voices are, you know, the church is in decline and this and that. And, and we can't come together and all of the restrictions of man are being placed upon the church. But I hear a blind Bartimaeus spirit rising up and crying up all the more loud. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. Increase my faith in this hour. Increase my knowledge and wisdom in this hour. If we have need, all we have to do is ask and believe in faith, and it shall be. Whatsoever we ask in prayer, believing, we shall receive it. What do you believe today? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, just begin to cry out to him. Begin to cry out to him. Come on, just release it. Just release it. Just release it. Come on, begin to cry out to him. Come on. Just release it. 
So, Father, I thank you for the release right now, Father. You see the burden, you hear it, you know it, Almighty God. And I thank you that what you have already called, done, is settled in Jesus' name. And you are loosing some things in this atmosphere, Father God. Some restrictions that have withheld. Some voices that have brought in a spirit of defeat. But I cast it off in the name of Jesus. I release the freedom. Have faith, have faith, have faith to see it, have faith to believe it, have faith to release it. Come on, you got to see it, 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 you got to see it. I call forth. Thank you for your healing, oh Jesus. Thank you for your healing, oh Jesus, inside, outside, upside down. I thank you for your healing of every area, of every atmosphere. I thank you, mighty God, that you are, you are, that you are, that you are, that you are. That every spirit of distrust is being broken now. I thank you that a three-stranded cord is not easily broken in the hour. I thank you for the faith that binds them. We hope you enjoyed this word. If you would like to hear more messages like this one, please take a second and click the subscribe button. And for more information on our ministry, please visit us at rhctn.com.